Welcome to Create Photography, a podcast all about the creative side of photography. This is Daniel Sig. In today's episode, I want to discuss a beginner's mind. The episode is inspired by a book called Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, which is based on the teachings of Shunryu Suzuki. What has this to do with photography? We'll get to that. Today's episode is inspired by a book called Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. The book contains teachings based on a compilation of talks by the late Shunryu Suzuki, given at the Zen Center in Los Altos, California. It was published in 1970 and is considered to be one of the most influential books of Zen Buddhism in the Western world, although not being academic. What I'd like to do today is to summarize some of the teachings of Suzuki and then see how we could apply those teachings to our photography and perhaps aid in our creative process. This may seem quite esoteric, but I would actually argue it's actually the opposite. Let's start with a quote from the book, and I quote, The practice of Zen mind is beginner's mind. The innocence of the first inquiry what am I, is needed throughout Zen practice. The mind of the beginner is empty, free of the habits of the expert, ready to accept, to doubt, and open to all possibilities. It is the kind of mind which can see things as they are, which step by step in a flash can realize the original nature of everything." End quote. The teaching by Suzuki could be summarized by two concepts simplicity and being open, or in other words, keep things simple and try to keep the mind or concepts or thoughts out of practice. As I will be talking more about practice, I'm not referring to Zen practice, but practice of our photography, which to a Zen pr practitioner would be actually also pra be practicing Zen. According to Suzuki's teachings, the approach to a beginner's mind has three main parts or pillars. Right practice, right attitude, and right understanding. And those are also the three parts or main parts of the book. So here are some of the concepts or teachings that are being discussed discussed in the book by Suzuki, and I'll try to later apply all of those or many of those to our photography and practice of photography. So first of all, be still, be mindful to your thoughts and to your environment. Focus on posture, breathing, and observing our mind. Don't be idealistic, or in other words, do not practice with high goals. Practice it with no goal or purpose. Do not get discouraged with your practice. Discouragement often happens when we are being too idealistic. Ideas are constructs of our, constructs of our mind. So removing ourselves from such ideas, and as a previous guest on my show, Paul C. Smith said, don't overthink it. If you are struggling with your practice, consider a teacher or mentor, really with the goal to not copy what the mentor is doing, but to find your own style, purpose or voice, or as the Zen Buddhists say, find yourself. 
Concentrate on the moment. Keep your activity focused on what you are doing right now. Avoid doing multiple things at once. Do not focus on teachings but yourself. Believe in nothing. Focus on experience, not philosophy. And practice consistently. So now I would like to take some of these concepts and basically the essence of the teachings by Suzuki and discuss how we might apply them to our photography. Let's start with the quote that I mentioned earlier and its key elements. Beginner's mind, the innocence of first inquiry, the mind of the beginner is empty. So how can we apply this to our photography? We can try to approach our photography with an innocence without preconceived notions. We can try to not think too much about it and let our intuition guide us. We can try to practice with a beginner's mind, literally. I realize that this is actually very difficult, especially if you're already more experienced and maybe have been photographing for many years. When we were beginners, we may have struggled with perhaps some of the technical aspects of photography, with the gear, with the depth of field and the other things. So while we had a true beginner's mind when we started, the technical struggles may have prevented us from actually capturing scenes perhaps more purely or innocently. So if that's true, then I would highly recommend to somebody who is just starting out to use a camera that is really super simple to use. It can be an iPhone or a point-and-shoot camera or just any camera that has a fully automatic, automatic mode. So the camera doesn't get in the way of taking a picture and we can truly focus on the moment. Suzuki further states, free yourself of the habits of the expert. So if we are doing things in a certain way, we can try to change that, do it differently. If we think certain subjects have to be photographed with, for example, a telephoto lens, perhaps we photograph it with a wide lens. And we should let ourselves be open to making mistakes, like a beginner, and don't always stay in the safe zone, like an expert. <laughs> If we are getting good at certain aspects of photography, our perceived expertise may really get in the way. Our field of vision may literally become smaller as we are getting more proficient. And we may even become more judgmental of other people's work. I certainly have. And I think that's not a good thing, and it's very hard to break out of that habit. Suzuki then further states, ready to accept, to doubt, and open to all possibilities. Again, when we are photographing a scene, we should not go in with a preconceived notion with very specific ideas. Yes, sometimes we like to do that and we like to pre-visualize and so forth, but it might be good to just kind of be open. If the light is perhaps not as expected, Maybe that person is not walking through the frame as we were hoping for. We should simply accept that and see what other possibilities the scene may bring to us. So let's further talk about the three pillars of the beginner's mind's teaching and let's try to apply those 
further to our photography. Number one, do the right practice. Be mindful as you're photographing, mindful to your thoughts and environment. Don't let your ego come in the way, so be humble. Now, what is very helpful for being more mindful is to master our camera technically. To not have to think about the settings too much other than for creative effect. To let the camera really become an extension of ourselves. If we are, for example, not comfortable in photographing in manual settings, we can use a camera with automatic settings, as I mentioned earlier. It also helps to slow down. This is why I think film photography can be very much helpful with us being more mindful in our photography. I also think, of course, digital photography can be used that way, but the risk is that we tend to overshoot simply by wanting to capture the moment and you know, using the digital technology that easily allows us to do that versus being mindful and patient and let the moment come to us, so to say. I think the right practice also entails to go out with minimal gear. Again, to be able to be mindful in the moment and to not fumble, for example, with our multiple lenses and changing them and changing settings all the times and what other, whatever other gears we may have uh, with us. So I would recommend bring one camera, bring one lens. We should not be idealistic with our photography. Idealism can often lead to discouragement as there can be a wide gap between our ideals and what we can realistically achieve. So if we are struggling with our photography, we could also consider a teacher or a mentor. But really with the goal to not copy what the mentor is doing, but to find our own style or purpose or voice, or as the Zen Buddhists say, find ourselves. Number two, the right attitude. We should be present as we photographing. We should not chase goals. We should just go with the flow. Again, we could try to be mindful to our thoughts and the environment and don't, don't let the thoughts take over. If we immerse ourselves in a situation, we may get into a state of creative flow. A state in which we might actually become completely present and in the moment and immersed in that moment. I've experienced such states in some of my landscape photography where I completely forget about time and other things and was simply in the present moment. Our thoughts often play tricks on us. We see perhaps a great subject, we see some great lighting, and we already think about perhaps how great this uh, shot may look on Instagram and how many likes you may get and so forth, versus just enjoying the moment and, yes, perhaps still capture what we want to capture but without a goal to chase. This is easy to say and very hard to do. So if we can concentrate on the moment, keep our activity focused on what we are doing right now, if we can avoid doing multiple things at once, this would all help. If we practice consistently, even just a little bit, this will help. I'm guilty of not doing this and have noted a significant decline in my creative output because of it. Number three, right understanding. 
So if we try to focus on the experience and not on ideals, if we can just enjoy the moment of photographing and again to not ch chase an idealistic goal or the shot or somebody else's style, this all might lead to a better understanding and perhaps naturally to better results. I personally experienced that when I, with some of my street photography, some of my best work just happened when I didn't have any preconceived ideas, when I just let myself intuitively capture things without the goal of having anything useful at the end of my outing. But even that might be the, the wrong approach. So the ideal understanding or attitude would be to not expect anything and really just see what happens. Part of the right understanding is to focus on ourselves as the artist. This may sound paradoxical as we are capturing subjects seemingly separate from us. But if we actually try to be more true to ourselves and not try to be somebody else, don't copy somebody else and also don't think about how a certain capture might look or be perceived on uh, social media, we might actually be able to do more authentic work. Again, and forgive the repetition, but consistent practice, even just a little bit every day, is better than practicing once for eight hours every two months, for example. This could require us to force ourselves to do just that and just pick up the camera. I would say we should do this in spite of seeming obstacles like lockdowns or other external conditions that might get in the way of our often idealistic ideas of what we should accomplish. I know this is all easy to say and very hard to do, but if we do not force it too much, I think we might get there more easily than forcing it. I encourage you to listen to the episode I recorded with Paul C. Smith. Paul is a very intuitive photographer and in a way uses, in my opinion, a very spiritual approach to his photography with, I think, beautiful results. If we get discouraged, we should check to see if we are not being too idealistic in our approaches and goals and perhaps just next time we go out without any goals. So to summarize, how can we apply all of this practically? To keep it really simple, I would say the following. We should practice photography regularly, even if it's just two minutes a day. If we photograph, we should focus entirely on that activity and avoid any distractions. We should really not set any idealistic goals and just pick up the camera and just do it. If we are discouraged, we could consider a teacher or a mentor that can help us find our own voice. I also think keeping our gear extremely simple and or master it to an extent that it is just an extension of ourselves, I think um, that will be very helpful. Again, I would recommend a one camera, one lens type setup. I personally think Zen has very interesting things to teach to all of us. And I love the fact that it is basically centered on the question of who or what we are. It is not a religion and it is very or all inclusive. Everybody is welcome. The Zen Buddhist teachings are non-dogmatic and hence 
an interesting area to look into if we're struggling with that question and or if we're struggling with authenticity of our work. There are a lot of paradoxical things about Zen teachings, but at its core, it's a very practice-oriented school that de-emphasizes philosophical aspects of Buddhism and emphasizes the practice of sitting or sazen or what some might call meditation. All right, so that's a brief episode and wraps it up for today. I hope you still find this helpful. And I will link to the book by Suzuki in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and talk to you next time. Thank you.